When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today's guest is actress Noemi Gonzalez, who is on the Netflix show Selena the Series. The show follows the rise to fame of the iconic performer Selena and the sacrifices she and her family made along the way. Noemi plays Suzette, Selena's sister, and the drummer in her band. I should note that this interview was recorded in October during reshoots for the show. Well, okay, let's jump into this right away because I'm just very interested about you and uh, I'm excited about this series on Netflix. So uh, I just saw the trailer for Selena, the series on Netflix. I wonder if you could set it up for us and tell us who you play. I play Suzette Quintanilla, who is the sister and drummer to Selena and Selena y Los Dinos, the band uh, that Selena was coming to rise of her own star. Now, um, this is a series versus like a, like a movie, and we'll talk about the movie in a bit here. Um, and is it covering kind of her, her whole life? Obviously, the family is part of that because it's part of the band. Like, what does it cover kind of? Yes, yeah, so, so it essentially covers... Um, when she was born to uh, what we know to be um, her history in her uh, coming of age story of her stardom and how unfortunately her life was, was definitely taken from her, unfortunately. Um, but it is a two part series. So it gives us a lot of time to go in depth on the um, life story of, of her and what it really meant to be Selena and to become Selena that we know today. And it's, really beautiful. It's very family oriented. It's very nostalgic. It's very, very inspirational and touching. And I really can't wait for this to be released and for, for us to share it with you because we've poured so much into it and we just love and honor our girl and her legacy. I say you get a lot of that from watching the trailer, which this I think I'm really excited about. And Selena's story is uh, just utterly amazing, but also very tragic too. And there's been a lot of documentaries over the years about her and aspects of her life. Why do you think it's important for this particular series to come out now, especially in the form of uh, a Netflix show? I think it's really important for her story to come out now and in the on a Netflix platform because it's a new generation to get to know her and to get to know her so intimately. With the movie, it was obviously in the 90s. It had its own amazing presentation of Selena's life story. And now this gives a more intimate inner workings of, of, of a day in the life of Selena from birth until um, her tragedy. And I think it's really important for a new generation to know who she is, I think Latinx representation is incredibly important, especially right now to show that, you know, we're all human and we all want the same pursuit of happiness. And a lot of us can relate to this truly being a story of the American dream 
and I really continues her legacy in a way that I think is absolutely necessary. And I expect there to be more shows and series long after this show has been released, because I think this story is going to need to be told over and over so that she's not, uh, she will not ever be forgotten because there's no way you can forget that smile. There's no way you can forget <laughs> her, her energy and her charisma and how much of a leader she was. And we're doing our part to make sure her legacy lives on. I think when all this happened, especially the tragic aspect of it, it was only a couple years later that the, the film came out. And I, at the time, a lot of people thought, you know, maybe this is too fast or not. Obviously, J-Lo just destroyed in that role and was amazing. But I'm wondering, is, do you think the fact that it's also being a, a two-part series like it is allows you to see more of her life and more of those, um, I would say, happier times and more of her talent? Um, there's there's so much content to watch. And so there's a lot more that happens behind the scenes. And I've done so much homework on researching the archives for my character, for Selena specifically, for Selena's music, for Selena's legacy. And, um, you know, there was a different movie that was potentially going to be made that was um, supposedly crafted by someone 10 days after she passed. That was definitely something that was uh, pretty offensive, I, I think, for many people. And that really jump-started um, the J-Lo movie version and not the version that I'm referencing in the former. So that really made sure that her story was going to be told with the family. Um, and now that we've had that story in the 90s, when we were so movie focused, now we have the opportunity to have it told on a streaming service where you could see it all in one hall if you wanted to once it's all released. <laughs> and it's very intimate in a way that the movie uh, wasn't able to do. So there's most definitely a lot of fun family moments. This series is actually produced by the real Suzette, uh, who right. you're playing. Well, what's it like portraying someone who's a real person, but who's also kind of your boss? Ooh, well, I mean, I'm sorry I had to say girl, but like that's what I do when I when I get <laughs> nitty gritty girl. Like as soon as I found out, it was it was definitely overwhelming to not only play a real life historical figure for the first time, but to know that they were um, an executive producer of the same project. Um, and I had to really channel that into my work because I did not want that to cause any energy of mine to be shifted and used in, in any kind of destructive way, because that's a lot of intimidation, you know, to, to be an actor and to train as an actor that I'm capable of doing, but then to, for the first time playing someone that is not only a person in history, real life person, but they're also alive and they're also your boss. It was just many layers of pressure. And instead of um, coming under that pressure, I, I decided to channel it and come above it and remove anything that would have me second guess my capabilities. And, and I made sure that every bit of that was transcended into positivity and work, giving everything to just the importance of what my purpose here is, which is to be a foundation to be the heartbeat with the with the drums, keeping the beat, keeping the time so that I can be present and offer everything I can to Selena, you know, and how much that mattered to Suzette Quintanilla that I honor and I respect the the bond that they must have had as siblings and that 
only she knows the true the experience, obviously, but that I know how important it is and that she is my boss and that she's just a, a human and a sister and a, and a woman and that I see her and that I'm going to do my absolute best and I won't let any of these pressures get in the way of doing that was really important for me to do. So I had to really channel that right away because that is definitely something that was was uh, that was a realization of mine right away. But that is not an easy thing to do, to put those fears behind and turn into such positivity. Another aspect I think a lot of people, you, you see a band, you see biopics all the time, and you see people, actors playing instruments. You had to play the drums. What was that like? Did you play the drums ever before in your life? So I had no history, no like understanding of the drums truly. Um, and I came in with already a musical background because I was a singer growing up in choirs in high school and I thought I was going to be a music teacher um, that would end up teaching choir to students in, in high schools and ultimately acting found me in my acting program and then this role found me and demanded me to, to be a, an actor on set and a drummer. So it was really, really awesome to have that opportunity to learn something new in a role. So the show provided me two instructors and um, they provided me lessons for an hour, Mondays and Fridays. So I made the most of my rehearsal time and it was because of them and the way they taught me and how I how dedicated I was as well. I don't want to downplay my own discipline and consistency because I wouldn't have been able to do what I did. I had to portray Como La Flor in a version that made it look like I'd been playing for 15 years. So <laughs> I went from like a rhythm test of clapping with them to see if I could keep keep a beat to you know, performing Como La Flor in a very dynamic way. And so I'm, I'm just incredibly proud of myself, honestly. I'm going to take take the win on on my, my love of the craft, <laughs> of becoming the character, and my love of music and Selena and Suzette and the Quintanilla family, that I didn't want to do anything that could prohibit me from honoring telling this very musical story. Because it's, it's really hard to... <laughs> in the words of Beyonce, what I've been telling everyone... When I, when I say this, you know, music-wise, nobody likes to rehearse because rehearsing humbles you. Well, okay, and also the trailer shows off all those wonderful 1990s clothes and hairstyles. Um, I'm wondering what effect did the costumes and makeup and hair have on your performance or portrayal of Suzette? Uh, it really had a huge effect on my character. You know, I, I not only learned the drums, but I cut and permed my hair. I <laughs> also gained more weight for the role. I was already um, on the heavier side, I'd say, for Hollywood standards. And to really make sure that I embodied everything, I, I cut my hair, permed it, changed my general appearance. And then I got into the wardrobe, which has no lycra you know, so that you can put these scenes on. And it really helped like feel like how uncomfortable and how um, stylized people were in the 80s. It was it was really um, informing and shaping how Suzette, to me in archives and in, in footage, she is always looking amazing, regardless of the style of the times where you might look back and be like, you know, everybody like, oh, what were we thinking with bangs and 
fringe or something. And that's not necessarily what she looked like at all. But like, you know, anyone can look back at any time in history and be like, what were we thinking? But she, whatever look she had, she looked dynamic. She looked on point. And so to have, you know, such a change in my entire appearance to be this character and then to put on these period clothing, because it's technically considered period because of how far back it is. It's really informed how much confidence this woman had and how much she cared about herself and her presentation that I think is very beautiful. And I'm very thankful that I got to have that opportunity to go through that experience and really let that inform her essence in the story. So the name of this podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. And I want to know, what are you currently obsessed with? So I definitely am obsessed with Selena the series, specifically Selena, Suzette. But also, I'm not going to lie, I'm definitely watching uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, in next- <laughs> in, so that I could like have the maximum amount of um, what it's like to be a performer at, at, at like the most extreme and it's something that is still of the vein of the show um, in the way that it's musical, it's presentation, it's dress. And so how do I find that in my own personal life with what's going on in modern times now, if that makes sense? Yeah, like you're still kind of like, uh, like it's like your hand is still touching the piece, even though you're at home. Yes, it's a completely opposite, completely different like uh, theme, but I'm mm-hmm. still um, in the realm of performance, in the realm of of what it takes to be a star. Selena is the queen of Tejano music and queen to many of us in our hearts and forever. I hope that that we continue that legacy, you know? So it's really nice to like find a way to stay obsessed with my Selena with the work, but then also to find a healthy way to kind of be a little removed so that I can come back to Noemi at the end of the day. (laughs) I get you on that. Well, (laughs) and I think some of that comes from your training and this is where you and I have a lot in common. Um, We both studied classical theater in college. Yeah, which I wanted to ask you a little bit about specifically uh, how that relates to the, how you prepare for a role or stay in that role during filming. How much of that from your days as a, uh, was specifically acting, classical acting, or is it all like just general classical theater that you studied? Well, I was in a conservatory program, so we did um, classical mm. training. We did, you know, uh, we started with um, contemporary work and then Shakespeare and then our own one person shows at the end of the program. And we had to wow. leave the program with four monologues, you know, that was, a while back now, um, when people get auditions for agents, I'm, I'm hearing that people actually auditions with scenes and scene partners, because they don't want to see how you are in a monologue in a very controlled setting. They want to see how you are in a scene. So it was a very beautiful program at UC Santa Barbara that really stretched me, that really made me where I'm at today, you know, like I booked right away when I came to LA and I had a lot of confidence because I had the training to back it. So mm-hmm. um, what I really took advantage of was staying in character, especially with her voice, um, because it was it is an ensemble at the end of the day. It is a family and it is a band dynamic while telling the story of Selena. That's a lot of energy to make sure you stay focused and and your in your objective and in the magic what if 
So it was really fun to have that opportunity and apply what I had learned and, and to showcase it in my scenes. It was, it's really exciting and I can't wait to, to see how they edit it and how they present it. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you're still filming. You're not seeing that yet. Um, okay, I would, just one thought with the, the filming stuff, because obviously it's a pandemic now. How has that changed when you guys were filming before versus doing it now? It was a huge change, Patrick. Like, we filmed originally. So we were set to film for seven months, and then the pandemic hit on month five. We No one knew much about this virus and its impact and how it was going to affect the entertainment industry how it was going to affect um, certain jobs that were not finished or just starting. And so we waited around until finally they told us when they were considering coming, but that we had to follow these restrictions. And we've been filming under COVID restrictions and it's been very intense because it's already, you know, one thing to be telling such a powerful story and then to be on location to tell the powerful story and not just the cast is on location, but the, majority of the crew is from uh, Mexico City, Tijuana. And so for all of us to be away from home was one thing, you know, during the five months. But then after we've experienced the pandemic, then come back under COVID restrictions. But it was fascinating to see the difference in spirits with how everyone handled the pandemic and then how we were all going to handle telling this story with these COVID restrictions, the way that I put it was like, how are we going to imitate life when life as we know it has been paused? And we have done such an incredible job following COVID restrictions, having complete safety for our, our castmate, our crewmates in mind. And I'm very, very proud of this crew. And I'm, I'm saying it with so much passion just because we've poured so much into this. And that's why I know that it's going to be a beautiful presentation for Selena and her legacy because we knew how much that mattered. And then on top of it, we had these conditions to tell this story. So it's been a blessing, but a true unique experience with COVID um, affecting the work life dynamic of the individuals involved of telling this story. So I do something called pick one. I give you a couple of choices and you pick one. And it doesn't mean one is better than the other because some of them are hard to choose and you're encouraged to talk about. Uh, would you like to play pick one? Yes. So the first one is TV, theater, or film. Pick one. I, I choose film because you are given more time. TV is quick products, quick turnaround. You know, when you're in the middle of the acting scene, um, you don't have real time to register the interaction in your scene partner because they have to cut to commercial. Um, so I think film honors more the journey and it allows the intricacies of imitating life more than, than the rest of them. I think what I, the, the close tie or the close second was theater because it gave the rehearsal time that I absolutely loved. Mm. Okay, here's the next one. Um, Richie Valens or Princess Jasmine? Oh. 
Oof, that one's really hard, Patrick. I, I know, I know. So talk it out. It's okay. Oh you can talk it goodness. out. I literally, I, in order to like have love for, you know, when it comes to representation, the only person that I had before Selena was Princess Jasmine. I wasn't allowed to celebrate Halloween. So when I was at my aunt's house, I would rock a Princess Jasmine costume <laughs> in secret and I wouldn't take it off for like three days. So I got mad love for Princess Jasmine. However, I will be honest, La Bamba is the movie that I've watched the most while telling this story of Selena mm. the series. I've probably watched it six times just within this year to um, stay really connected to music musicianship, being Latinos in the industry, what it's like to be a Latino musician in, in the industry. And, and I really love that movie and it's incredibly powerful and profound. And I, I just love what Richie Valens did when it comes to Mexican culture being imbued in American culture and how it can not only be good, but it can be great. It could be hits. It could be a success. And he too, like Selena, had his life cut short in a way that no one, no one would ever want. And we lost a lot of opportunity with such a rock star. So I think I have to go with Richie Valens. <gasps> Okay, so this is completely not fair because I know which one you're going to say, I think, but I just want to also acknowledge that you've done a lot of work, um, but pick one, Young and the Restless or Paranormal Activity, the Marked Ones, or East Los High. As in pick pick which one in regards to what? Just pick one. That's the thing. Oh, you, yeah, you don't no, know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say you that, East Los High. Like, uh, you're wrong. Of course, yes. Yeah. So let's talk about East Los High. Now, Wait, I want to know why um, you knew I would pick East Los High. I just think uh, out of what I learned about you, it seems that Young and the Restless was a very um, a very special moment for you, being on a, a show and the character you played and where that was in your career. But it does also seem like East Los High, you did that for four seasons, and that show it's on was on Hulu. Um, is I would just think that's what I would pick. That's maybe the best right. way of saying it. Right. But that being said, I wanted to ask you a real quick follow-up to East Los High, which is um, it's been like three years since the show um, wrapped. And I'm wondering when you look back at it now, what does it mean to you? When I look back on it now, I feel that I was a part of the pioneers of streaming services and Latino representation during the diversity movement. We took a chance on that show when we, it first came to us in audition form. It was a web series. And we thought it was just going to be uploaded on eastloshigh.com. And it was picked up and, and on the platform for Hulu. Reps didn't want to like sign us up to audition for this because it was working with new contracts called Trans New Media. So nobody knew what streaming was because Netflix wasn't around just yet, the way that Hulu was pretty early on. So it felt like we were doing streaming before streaming was the thing. And the fact that it was an all Latino cast and crew on top of it was just a major like, boom, we are here. We are the future. And we did it together. And, and, we not, and on top of it, we were doing enlightenment through entertainment. Like we were telling these stories with PCAs about STDs and, you know, pregnancy prevention. So it was just a huge, huge, you know, bundle of good vibes and, and, professional work that was really affecting the future of the way that we watch TV shows now. So I definitely am very, very, very proud to be a part of that show that um, East Los High 
had such a strong effect on on youth and that um, Soli Gomez specifically um, was a great example to little girls everywhere. So you know, here's your last one. Dreaming of you or Como La Flor or Bidi Bidi Bam Bam or No Me Queda Mas. No Me Queda Mas. I've read an article about this that essentially it is the Mexican Latino equivalent to the Beatles yesterday. The poetry of No Me Queda Mas and, and the blend of contemporary sound with mariachi sound and the fact that Selena sang it with such emotional power really has her place in musical history. Someone who represents her raza, someone who is the future, someone who changed the image of Latinos in music forever. And more than anything that we have a timeless classic that will live on forever through her presentation of it. And so that, that song is very, very powerful. And it's essentially about um, unrequited love and mm. letting go of, of what you hoped would be. And um, you know what it sounds like? It, it, the closest equivalent to it to me is Someone Like You by Adele. Uh, oh. it's, it's like the Mexican essence of Someone Like You, but now put mariachi timeless classic sounds behind it <laughs> you know like wow <laughs> like it is it is a very powerful song and and very emotional and so she also i have there's a there's something in the story about no me queda mas that i hope you guys watch that uh, i can't tell too much about but it's a, another reason that i have to choose that one and i hope you enjoy how the story is unfolded in the show in regards to that song well, that is a hell of a teaser, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I learned a lot about who I am and what we do when the going gets tough, when you learn something new and when you learn something demanding. And I think we can, and then on top of it, I experienced it with experiencing not just the drums, learning the drums, learning this instrument, but then with the filter, the foundation of COVID. And, hmm. you know... I want to say I see you and who are you when the going gets tough and and how can you take care of yourself in the midst of that and keep going. Just know that if I could learn the drums and if Selena could sing and, and leave a mark like this and have us talking about her now and, and telling such a beautiful story, then always believe the impossible is possible the way that Selena says it, the way that Selena puts it. I want to thank Noemi for chatting with me, and I want to thank you for listening. You can watch Selena the series on Netflix. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like this episode, please rate it. Until next time, take care.